right, John chapter 18. Now, can we read together um, verses 33 to verse um, 38? All right, verses 33 to 38 of John 18. If you're there, let's begin reading. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servant fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from thence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am. To this end I was born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us turn to him in prayer. Our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for seeing us through the week, for seeing many through their examinations. And Lord, we do pray that as we come before you, you would search our hearts. Lord, show to us our sins. Father, we pray that you cleanse us and wash us of all our sins, that this night as we study your word, your spirit will work freely in our hearts. Lord, we pray that if you are holding on to any sin, he will show to us that we may confess and repent. We also pray that you'll be with every group, help the facilitators to teach your word. Lord, may your Holy Spirit use your word to transform lives of the hearers. And we pray that each one would leave this place knowing the joy of the Lord. We ask once again that you'll be in our midst to help us, Lord, to see more of our Saviour, understand more of his heart and what he went through. And Lord, having known more of that, we would love him, consecrate ourselves to him and serve him. Father, for the youngest ones, we pray that you open their eyes of understanding. Help them, O Lord, as well to know you. Father, we pray that you be in our midst, remove every tiredness, every distraction. Richly blessed, we pray. and We plead for thy blessing from above. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we remember this scene. Let me try and ask, do you remember what time was all this happening? Chloe, do you remember what time of the day? About what time? 12 o'clock, 12 a.m. or p.m. 12 a.m. onwards, all these activities begin, right? And then uh, Peter would deny the Lord how many times, Elim? Three times. Um, okay, Veronica. These three times, what time was it? From 12 a.m. to? Don't remember. Hmm? One o'clock? No. Three times he would deny from Jennifer. Don't remember. Okay, the adults, I hope you remember. You're adults, right? Uh, Brenda. 12, 12 a.m. to 3 a.m., all right? 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. was when Peter denied the Lord three times. So, 12 to 3, then 2 a.m., second time, before 3 a.m., the major cock crowing. 
Um, he denied the Lord three times, okay? So what we are reading from here onwards is really from here onwards, okay? 3M. So have you tried staying awake 3M? You didn't just yawn. It's not even 3M, right? When you're awake, after 12, you're very tired, right? And it's, you're very drowsy, very weak. Now, all this activity happening at that time. And was it hot or cold, Cornelius? It was very cold. How do you know? Peter was standing in front of the fire, right? Peter was standing in front. For a, fire, for a fisherman to, to feel cold, it must be really cold. Okay, they are used to fishing out, fishing in the cold sea. So it was cold, it was early in the morning. So this is where our Lord, this is the time in which our Lord was going through all this. Okay, so in our mind's eye, it must be very clear. It's not a comfortable time at all. And he's just been uh, smitten on the face by the Jewish leaders as well. So now the Jewish leaders brought Jesus to, um, to Pilate. And look at verse 33. Pilate entered into the judgment hall. Now, this would be the first judgment, the first Roman judgment. Okay, the first Roman judgment. Now, how many times was Christ um, judged by the Jewish leaders? Anyone remember? Um, Susan? Say again. Oh, Susan. You can look at your Bible, it's okay. Yeah, two times, right? One in front of um, Annas, the other one in front of Caiaphas. Okay, then they... Um, Alright, so Caiaphas will send him back to Annas in verse 24. And now this would be the first trial, the first Roman trial. Now they bring them to... Now it becomes a political trial, understand? So it started with a, Jew, with a religious trial... And then now a political trial. And you have to understand why. Okay, you have to understand why. Okay, now look at this. This is what our Lord went through. Now, for tonight, I want us to imagine the Lord Jesus going through all this. Okay, after this, there will be one question where I want you to write down what he go through. So that we, in our minds, are in our heart, we are very clear what he suffered for us. Okay, now, um, let's look at verse 33. Now, and he called, uh, Pilate came and he asked the Lord Jesus, Art thou king of the Jews? Are you king of the Jews? And what did Jesus say? Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it, of thee, tell it thee of me? You understand what the Lord Jesus is saying? He's saying, now, Pilate says, Are you the king of the Jews? And then Jesus says, Who told you this? You, you know it yourself, or did the Jews tell you? Did the others tell you? Now, Ignatius, why do you think the Lord Jesus answered like that? Because question number one is, did Jesus claim that he was king of the Jews? So I ask you, uh, Ignatius, are you a, a hard-working student? Right, then you don't answer. No, you didn't answer. Say, did someone tell you or you know yourself? Hmm? Okay? So, why do you think the Lord Jesus answered like that? Is he, is he denying it? Not really. <laughs> so what really? <laughs> Why would he answer like that? Don't do both about it. <laughs> um, 
Now, he want both times when Pilate asked him questions, he will ask Pilate back. Now, he want Pilate to admit himself. Right? He want Pilate to admit himself. He want Pilate to answer that question himself. You know, like, um, so I ask you, are you, are you a hard-working student? Then, then <laughs> no, you say, when, when you say yes, it's no use, right? When you say yes, it's uh, you're just showing off, right? But when you ask him, what do you think? Then when I give the answer, it means that is really what I think, alright? Now, it's not that the Lord Jesus is denying. Okay, sometimes people read this and say, you know, the Lord Jesus never claimed that he's king of the Jew. He, he, he never gave a straight answer. No, this is a more powerful straight answer. He, he himself know, and he wants the person to say from his own mouth. Understand? So the Lord is not denying. Now, but let's see how Pilate answered. Okay? Now, so see how, how quick you think on your feet if you're in that situation. Okay? Pilate answered, verse 35, Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Am I a Jew? So Pilate also don't want to answer directly. Pilate said, Am I a Jew? Okay, Shandy, why do you think he says that? So, so I say, Are you, are you a hardworking student? And then Ignatius asked me again, Did someone tell you or you know it yourself? Then I say, am I, uh, am I a student? Am I in, what university are you in? Am I in Murdoch? Okay, so why do you think he answered back this way? He, he doesn't want to admit. In between answer, um, in a sense, yes. What do you think, uh, Brenda? Why do you think he answered like that? Don't know. I don't know. Now, this is a very political man, all right? He's the, he's the governor. So they're very careful with their words, right? Now, now, but anyway, he would say, am I a Jew? Now, what he's saying is, how would I know these things? I'm not a Jew. The fact that I know, your people told me. Understand that? So it's like, how would I know I'm not in, I'm not in, I'm not in Murdoch? You ask me to answer, right? I'm not in murder. How do I know? I don't see you whether you're in the library or you're always, always uh, playing badminton in school <laughs> or sleeping in your room. Am I your roommate? <laughs> I don't know. But when I say, am I, am I in murder? Then you say, oh, if you say this, then someone must have told you, right? Someone must have told you. So the Lord is not denying. Neither does... That, and, and what Pilate's answer is, yes, I heard about it. And your people told me. Okay, your people told me. Now, so, what does it signify? What is such, why is it such a big deal? Are you the king of the Jews? Why is it such a big deal? Um, Hannah, why do you think it's such a big deal? This whole thing about king of the Jew. What would it signify? So question number one, what would it signify? Are you the king of the Jews? At least at this point. That the Jews will have to listen to him. No, remember this is a trial that's going on. This is a trial that's going on. That's going on. I emphasize it went from a religious trial to a what trial? To a political trial, right? Right. So why is this issue? Are you the king of the Jews? Such a big deal. Say again. 
it would be out of this, his hands politically. No, actually the opposite would be true. You see, to them, the Jews bring, bring, bring um, Christ to the political governor, right? Now, if you say, he claimed to be God, what would, the, what would Pilate say? This is a religious thing. You wake me up at you know, midnight to tell me your religious thing? Go away, right? If, if he went to knock on the governor's door, um, the prime minister of Turnbull, yeah? and talk to him, talk to him about our religious um, argument about VPP. <laughs> he would say, go away. Now, but when he say, this man claimed that he's king of an ethnic group of people in the Roman Empire. Ah, now they have a case, right? They have a case. So he said, he said who, who told you this? And he said, am I a Jew? He's saying, your people told me. Right? Your people is accusing you of saying that you're the king of the Jews. They told me that. So are you the king of the Jews? Hmm? Are you the king of the Jews? So the, the people, remember you see earlier on, they, they said that oh, they, want, they, want, they want the Roman to kill the Lord Jesus, right? So what valid reason? Make it a political one. Let, let the Romans kill him. Okay, let the Romans kill him. Now, let's see further. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew, thine own nation, and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me? What hast thou done? What hast thou done? Now, to, to Pilate, Susan, why do you think Pilate asked the question, What have you done? Your chief priests, your nation people, they delivered you to me. What have you done? Why do you think he say that? Now he's asking the Lord a very um, significant question here. Elaine, you want to try? I mentioned this last week. Um, is it because the Jews never Correct. The Jews would never hand over one of their own to the Romans to torture. They protect their own people. Like the Romans who protect their own people. You see, for your people and your religious leaders to send you to me, man, what have you done that, that they would do such a thing? It must be something pretty bad. Right? So what have you done? Now, so, so at this point, Pilate don't really have much clue yet. Okay? Don't really have much clue yet. Uh, later we'll see uh, the king of the Jews. Now, verse, verse 36 um, and Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. Now, here, the Lord Jesus says, Ah, so next, Mabel. So, now Jesus says, My kingdom is not of this world. Now, the people who um, do not believe that Jesus is God, they would say Jesus never claimed to be king of the Jews. Understand? Now, once anyone claimed to be king of the Jews, even the Romans understand. This is their long-awaited Messiah, okay? This is their awaited Messiah. Um, not only that, for Jesus, so question number one, what does it signify? The moment, Chloe, the moment anyone claimed to be king of the Jews, it means that the person is claiming to be the son of God. It means that he's claiming to be who? Jesus is claiming to be God, understand? When Jesus said, I'm the king of the Jews, when Jesus says that I'm the son of God, Elim, 
must remember what is Jesus saying? I am what? I am God. The Jewish know that very well. Okay, they know it very, very well. So, now, so, so far, right? Maybelline? Eh, Maybelline. Mabel? <laughs> Why was it called Maybelline? Mabel? I'm sorry. Mabel? Jesus, did he answer directly to Pilate? Yes, I'm king. He did not, right? Who told you? Then after that, now he said, What have you done? Jesus never still don't want to say that I'm king of the Jews, right? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If, I'm, if my kingdom were of this world. So did Jesus claim to be kingdom, uh, king of the Jews? To be king. Did Jesus claim to be king? He never answered directly. Do you agree that he did not answer directly? You agree? Okay, so you think that he also did not claim to be king. Earlier on, we answered already, right? He claimed to be king. He very obviously say. But now he still don't say, I am. Okay, what about that, Clara? Do you think Jesus claimed to be king? In verse 36? Still not sure. Vincent? Why? Right. When he said, my kingdom is not of this world, if my kingdom... And then he mentioned some more, then would my servants... So he said, there is a kingdom, there is servants, there are ser my servants. And then he said, but now my kingdom is not from hence. Right? So Christ does claim to be king, very clearly, by saying that, my kingdom, my kingdom, my kingdom, and I have servants that will fight for me. Okay, so Christ... In this whole conversation, Christ is not saying that, he's not denying. In fact, he is saying things even in a stronger way. Understand? He strengthens things in a uh, far stronger way. Now, next. Um, so we focus on verse 36 now. Um, Jennifer, um, uh, Veronica, my kingdom is not of this world. Look at verse 36. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. What is Jesus saying? Veronica, do you understand? No. Okay, very fast answer. Okay, maybe I'll ask next. Uh, uh, Joshua, what is, what is the Lord saying? Yeah, very good. Now, you see the Lord is also very, um, of course, He's God. He's om omniscient. He's very, very wise. His answer was very wise. The Jews is uh, trying to say that I am claiming to be king of Jews and then now I go against Caesar, right? Means now, wow, I'm, Caesar is king. Obviously, Caesar is emperor. And I want to claim to be king of the Jews means I am trying to um, go against Caesar, right? So Jesus explained so Jesus said, I am king, but I want you to know it's not the kind, it's not what the Jews is accusing me of. I'm not here to fight for an earthly kingdom at this point. My kingdom is a spiritual one. Right? I am no threat to Caesar. Understand? So he's he's very um, clear in his answer too. Uh, Jennifer, is Jesus' kingdom not of this world? Yes. Remember, what about during the millennium? 
Is Jesus going to rule on earth? Yes. So if Jesus... Now, do you remember during the millennium? During the millennium, Jesus will rule on earth, right? And we will see his throne on earth for 1,000 years. For 1,000 years, we will see his throne in Jerusalem, alright? He will sit on the throne. Right, so he sits on the throne where? On earth or in heaven? On earth. So will his kingdom be this world at that time? Yes, alright? So the Lord is saying, I'm not here to fight for an earthly kingdom. My, earth, my kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. Understand? But it does not mean that he, he, God only rules heaven and, and outer space. That he will not rule this world. Okay? Now, the world also belongs to him. But he said, I'm not here to fight Caesar. My kingdom is a spiritual one. One day, his kingdom will be also on earth. Understand? Okay, at that time, he will rule on earth. But not now. Not now. Now he come as what? Uh, um, Cornelius. Now, in this whole scene that we read, Jesus came as the what of God. Say again, the Son of God, okay. Elim, he came as the Savior. And what kind of animal? Huh? Sheep, a lamb, mm, the lamb of God. Okay, you're correct, all right, lamb. The lamb of God, right? It's like a lamb of God, right? So timid, but when Jesus comes, and rule the earth, rule the world. He'll come back as come back as what? Chloe, he'll come back as. What's the what is the king of the jungle? No, no, Veronica. What's the king of the jungle? Lion. The lion, right? He will come back as a lion of the judge, the lion of Judah. Hmm? He will come back as a judge, the king, the king. Right, so at this point, he says, look, I'm not here to fight for an earthly kingdom. If it were, then my servants would fight. Remember, he told Peter to stop fighting. Don't, don't go and kill uh, people. Um, so he says, keep your sword. Now, so, but I ask you, when Christ said, my kingdom is not of this world, my, my kingdom is not from hence. Means he have a kingdom, understand? Spiritual kingdom. Is God's kingdom come? There's a physical kingdom that will come, but His kingdom already exists. So He said, "My look at verse 36. My kingdom is not of this world. Christ does claim that He has a kingdom now. Understand? Christ is ruler. He is a king. And He rules our hearts. He is our ruler. But at this point, I just want to focus on question number two. If Christ is Christ a king now, Christ is a king, correct? Does Christ have a kingdom now? Christ is a kingdom now. Are we his servants? We are his servants. Hmm? Kingdom has servants. So we are his servants. Veronica, are you Christ's servant? Are you a servant of Christ? No. Do you want to be a servant of Christ? Yes. Alright, we are all servants of Christ if you are believers. So we are his he is our king. Then we are his servants. So he said we will not fight. So I ask question number two. Then what should God's, God's servants do? God's servants. Now I specifically ask, huh? look at question number two. Shall we read? Should we engage in social revolution and social programs to make this 
a more Christian world. Alright? Should we do that? Now, many Christians today, they say that, oh, Christ is king of this universe. So, we must um, fight for what is right. Fight for what is right and what should be Christian. So, they try and change this world. Okay? But please remember, Christ already said, my kingdom now until, until the millennium is not of this world. Understand? Then it will be earth. Heaven and earth. He will sit on earth. But until then, it's a spiritual kingdom. What is social revolution? Um, Clara, have you known of any Christians that go and protest against government and all that? Have you been to any church like that? No. Right? Some, sometimes you see here in America and all that, they go around and try and protest. Okay? And try and make the nation, um, Christian nation, obey God's law. Hmm? Um, and social programs. What are social programs? Now, even some Christian schools, they have this kind of activities where they say, let's go to a poor country. They are very poor. So as Christians, we should engage in all this social work. Do your school ask you to do that? Sometimes. Now, you have to be very careful and understand what you're doing. So they say, let's go to a poor country and build schools. Go to country, build hospitals, um, do education program. And some they say, oh, we got to fight for women's rights. Women are bullied in India. Let's go and fight for women's rights. Okay? Or some children. Children are abused in some countries. They make them go and make track shoes in some factory, in sweatshops. All right? So very young children. So we must fight for, um, for these children and, some, and all this kind of thing. So fight for a social cause. Okay? But here Christ made it very clear. My kingdom is not of this world. Did, does Christ want his servants now to fight and change the world and make it Christian world? No. He said very clearly, my servant, otherwise my servants would fight. My servants would fight. And another aspect of social gospel. Now I want you to write down what is a social gospel. Okay, the social gospel. This is part of many churches' program. Okay? Cornelius, have you heard of social gospel? Not sure. Now, social gospel is using Christian ethics. Alright? Using Christian ethics or Christian teachings, Christian principles. Hey, you got it right. Using Christian principles to better society. in areas such as equality, social equality, ensure that everyone has fair education, solving poverty problems, solving um, gambling, alcoholism problems in society. And other social issues. Okay, so we answer that question afterwards. Afterwards, so the Lord says, my, my servants don't fight. Don't fight. 
Um, so Shenwei asked a good question. Now, what happens if you see Elim and Chloe being forced into child labor um, by, by Ignatius? Hmm? <laughs> Come and draw the banner. banner. <laughs> you don't eat until you finish drawing, all right? Don't you cannot turn on the aircon. Hmm? Well, make them work and draw 10 of it. <laughs> now, then some, some companies, well, some, um, and, and, um, some companies they, they make children do all those things, then they sell their goods very cheap. Okay? So, all these kind of things. So, Shunni's question is oh, so Christ said, my servants don't fight, so I should not do anything. How do you answer that? That's a good question. Um, Brenda, what do you think? Should, should, should you intervene as a Christian? You could pray. You could pray. So you're not going to do anything? Oh no, Elim and Chloe will be forever stuck in that, 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 that room. <laughs> because Brenda is not going to rescue you. <laughs> now, the point is this, alright? So this is a very... This is... Actually, it's, it sounds like a complex problem, but it's actually very simple. As, once you have your principles clear, it's very simple. God is not asking us to change the world and make it Christian. That is his point. Right? In the Old Testament, does God emphasize um, um, care and love for those that are uh, in trouble, that are poor? Um, God does. In fact, God expects their children, their, them to do that, to take care of them. Okay? Now, that is different from doing it, from doing it, so you, you go and fight. Now, you do what you can to help, but you are not going to fight. And say we are Christians, and we as a Christian church must engage and go and fight this issue of child abuse, of children um, being um, abused. Okay? So, understand that? Can a Christian be helping and involved? For a righteous cause, yes, yes, understand. But don't mix it up with I'm doing this because I want to fight. I church should amass money, use our resources, use our time, and focus on fighting for social equality. That is different. Okay, that is different. Understand? Now, so if you get involved, you also have to be very careful. Now, if if Maybe I ask this question: Can you then go and help? So, so for example, this group of students in China are very poor, and then someone approach you and say, "Oh, we are helping these students, give them money um, so that they can have an education." And it's genuine. You check it's genuine, all right? You check it's genuine. And say, "Can you? Why don't you give some money uh, every month? Um, can you do that, Hannah? Would you do that?" Yes, but. Uh, with, uh, without asking anything? Yeah, you have to check. You have to do some background check. If, if they are ecumenical or it is a Buddhist organization, for example, um, you would not channel your money through them. Okay? You can, but you have to know who you are channeling money through. But the question is why? <laughs> why? Why do you think so, Susan? Why would you ask? Then we say, oh, uh, um, oh, our organization is Mormons are there, 
Um, Seventh-day Adventists are there. Roman Catholics are also there. <coughs> You're ass assisting the wrong cause. Now, very likely, very likely, when they use the money to help them, then after that, they will channel them to Roman Catholic churches, to uh, Mormon churches, that kind of thing. That's why you have to find out all this background, right? You have to find out all this background. Um, so it's not that we, we cannot do social work, but we have to be very careful that you do not use God's money to help them forward their cause, okay? So that, that is, uh, this is a question that many often ask. So, can, should, should, so part two, huh? no. Okay, part two. Should we engage in social revolution? No. Social programs? No. The answer is no. If it is the purpose is to make this a Christian world, means church get involved in a massive way. Philippines have tsunami, and then um, um, schools are torn down, and then the government requests for money, and then through your own government. Citizens donate. Can you donate? Can. Understand that? To the government, you donate. It's ca you can. Social. is social. But not for the purpose of saying that Christian must do this and must change the world. Okay, so now the question is this. Cornelius, if we don't do all this, then question number two is, what should, the, what should be the duty of Christ our King? Servant. We are servants of Christ the King, right? Servants got duty or not? Servants got duty, right? So, what is our duty? If Christ is king now, he has a kingdom, it's a spiritual kingdom, then what is our duty? What do you think is our duty? Very good, to share the gospel. Alright, the church's efforts is not social revolution and social reform. The church's effort is, is what? Is to preach the gospel. Why? Why do you think so, Elim? Why is not about, we know for sure, Christ already said, my, my servants don't fight for all these things. But it's about preaching the gospel. What happens when you preach the gospel and someone believes? <coughs> they get saved, very good. They get saved, then they enter into what kingdom? God's kingdom. They become part of Christ's kingdom, right? They become part of Christ's kingdom. So, the growth of Christ's kingdom is not social revolution, social reform. The growth of Christ's kingdom today, He has a kingdom, is through preaching of the gospel. That's our duty. So, when Christ said, my servants don't fight, they don't fight physical revolution, but they fight spiritual battles. Okay? They have things to do. They preach the gospel. Now, so I'll ask this question next. Um, um, Elaine, um, what is, does the world become better when the social gospel wants to make the world better, a better place, all right? Does the preaching of the gospel make the world a better place? It's efficient for the elect, right? Efficient for the elect. Sufficient for all. Efficient for the elect. Um, so, for example, 
Okay, Vincent. This company, people are abusing children for cheap labor, um, there's social inequality and all that. How to, is it possible to improve that, that situation? They say, oh, so Christians don't care about society. Christians don't do anything about it. Are we doing something about it in a sense? In what sense? Right? Understand that. When people get saved, they automatically turn away from their wicked ways. Understand? That's why, that's why Christ is saying, we don't fight this physical war. We fight a spiritual battle. When people are saved, they would turn away from sin. The way to solve problem of sin in this world is not by social revolution. You can keep pouring in money. It's not going to change. But through the gospel, when lives are changed, they will change. Okay? So that is the point. But is it still about changing society? It's not. Huh? Remember, we save souls not so that, oh, now we save souls, souls become better uh, because they are converted, then society becomes better. It's not that. It's still not about making society better. But it's making what better? It's now bringing in people into God's kingdom. Okay? God's purpose is fulfilled. So I hope we are very clear about that. Now, I spent a bit of time on this because in schools, you, you'll be approached on some of these things, the social gospel. So can you, not, can you give money? You have to be very careful, not that you cannot. You have to find out the background. Okay? Now, I want to say this. There are many other means to give money. Not only through your school, not in, only through your company. There are people in mission, our mission work, other churches' mission work that we know of, they um, do need financial aid. All right? So there are. We don't have to think that, oh, there's, then there's no way for us to give, give to Christians. No, there are many other ways. Okay? Um, okay, so I hope we understand this very clearly once and for all. Okay. Now, if you, are, if you go to a church one day, um, if you go back to your country, and the church emphasis, in fact, you go to their websites, many churches today emphasize a lot on the social gospel. Our church um, is involved with this, pro, this, social, this so social program, that social program for women, for a lot of things, all right? Then you know they have. Now, this is a very, very um, prevalent thing today. And it distracts us from the real work that we need to do. God's servant is to make sure that we preach the gospel and feed God's sheep. Okay, not involved, not engaged in all this. Great, question number three. Now, what did Jesus come to earth for? Let's, let's look. Let's look further. Verse 37, let's read together. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end I was born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Now, here you go again. Now, Pilate... Now he asks, are you a king then? Why do you think Pilate is asking? Who wants to try? Um, now, Ignatius, why do you think Pilate is asking now? Are you a king then? Yeah, so he, he said, oh, you say that you have a kingdom. If you save the kingdom, means you're a king, right? So, <laughs> he keeps using the word kingdom three times. So, he was like, oh, 
So are you a king or not? Hmm? Now, Pilate now is um, having some question. Say now, if you are some form of king, I'm, I'm relieved to hear you're not here to fight Caesar. All right? But you're form, some form of king. What kind of king is that? So he asks a bit more. Are you a king or not? You say, yeah. Now, uh, verse 37, the Lord, thou sayest it. Thou sayest that I am a king. Again, uh, the Lord is not denying. Uh. If the Lord is denying, he will say, I am not. <laughs> right? He will say, I'm not. But it's, like, young people, you like to say, you said it. Right? <laughs> you said it. You got that right. You said that. You say that I am a king. Now you're saying it from your own mouth. You acknowledge I am some form of king. And I will tell you what this king, what kind of king I am. As you have said, you acknowledge, you know, and I want you to hear more. You see, he's very kind to Pilate, you know. He actually wants Pilate to understand more. So can you imagine? It's cold. The Lord is probably tired. He just got beaten. He's unreasonably treated. He knows he's going to the cross. But in his heart, he still cares for Pilate, right? He says, okay, what, what do you think? I'd say, looks like you're some kind of king, right? Then now Jesus says, yes, you're right. You said, you said it right. I am a king. But now he explains what kind of king. Verse 37, To this end I was born. For this cause came I into the world. Now before we go further, don't you think this is a very interesting statement? For this, for this now Brenda, what, can you say this or not, Brenda? Um, verse 37, right? To this end I was born. That one maybe can, huh? You say, say Brenda, who are you? And you say, I, I, I came, I, I was born into this world for a purpose. Hmm? For a purpose. And the purpose is to love and serve the Lord, right? You can say that. But can you, that, but can you say the next part? For this cause came I into the world. Can you say that? Did you choose to come into this world? Can you control your coming into this world? You cannot. So this is a very powerful statement when Christ said, For this cause I was born, many of us can say that. We are born for a purpose. But none of us can say, I chose to come to this world for a purpose. But Christ said, I came. I was born and I came. You know, all these statements are very strong statements that He is God. I choose to come. I choose to come. Now He chose to come. What kind of king? Now He said, I am the kind of king. I choose to come to this world. I am a king. I choose to come to this world. Just like a king chooses to go to another country hmm? to do something. Now, he said, what, to what purpose? Shenri, what did he come to do? Okay, but specifically here, he gave us more specific in verse 37. To bear witness unto the truth. To bear witness unto the truth. So here he's saying, you said it right. You got it right. Veronica, they say, are you a king? So are you a king or not? Now, he, now Pilate thinks he's a king. What kind of king? Then he say, I am a king. And this, I, as king came into your world to do something. I as a king came to your world. I choose to come for something. And that's to bear witness to the truth. That's why he say his servants don't fight. If our king's Duty, if our king came to bear witness to this world, hmm? um, your platoon commander went to, went, to, um, went to Taiwan 
to do something. What is your role? Support him, right? Do what he do, fulfill his purpose also, right? So if our king say, I am a king, king of a spiritual kingdom, and I came to this world to bear witness of the truth, then it means that we are servants, right? We are servants. What is your duty on earth? Veronica, what's your duty on earth? If Christ's duty is to come to bear witness to the world as king, you are the servant. What is your duty? Also the same. To do what? To bear witness of the truth. Bear witness. Bear witness to this truth, unto the truth. So in other words, my friends, it is not a social gospel, it's not to fight for those things. And are you bearing witness? If you're not bearing witness of the truth, then you cannot claim to be servant of this king. You're not a good servant, right? You're not a good servant. What is the meaning of bear witness? Number one, obviously, is to preach the gospel, bring the gospel to people. Um, that is bearing the witness. Now, Brenda, can you think of another aspect of bearing witness onto the truth? Is it just about preaching the gospel? Sorry? Being a good testimony? Yes, it means by your life, you bear witness of the truth. How you live, people say, oh, this is what Christianity is about. So you show them God's truth by your living. Not only preach, you live it. What else about bearing witness? Okay. Um, Vincent is driving. And instead of surfing on a brake, Right? He accidentally slept on the accelerator. Do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> you shared that last week. And then he accidentally slept on the accelerator. Right? And then the car went forward and crashed into Clara's car. You almost crashed into Clara's car last week. Eh, no, Clara doesn't drive. In someone's car last week. Crashed into um, Auntie Young's car. <laughs> okay? And then, and then Veronica and Jennifer was in the car park. Hmm? And then you saw it. And then people ask, Vincent, what did you do? And then Vincent said, Oh, um, I think I crashed into a car, uh, but I'm really, not really sure what I did. <laughs> or maybe it's not Vincent, it's someone. Vincent don't lie, you know, someone, someone from outside crashed into the car. And they said, No, I did not do this. <coughs> no, it's, it's a lie. Both of you bear witness. Hmm? You be witnesses. Understand? You bear witness. Means what are you going to say? You go, are going to stand there and if that man keeps saying, no, I didn't do it. Or the man says, no, what you say is false. What do you say? I'm here to bear witness. I come to tell the truth. Understand that? So it's not just about preaching and living the gospel. That's correct. That's one aspect. But the other aspect of bearing the truth is even the world don't believe it. Even the world reject it. Even people say it's false. Even people say, I don't believe it. You still say, what God says is true. I bear witness. I'm here to bear witness to the truth. means I carry the truth. I defend the truth. When someone says it's not true, I say it's true because God said I defend the truth. So bearing witness is preaching the gospel, is living a godly life and is defending the truth. Now, if... If Veronica and Jennifer, we say, oh, poor Vincent's car got crashed, and then we say, Veronica, um, what happened? 
And then Veronica don't to say anything. Then the truth will never be known, right? And if someone says something false, Veronica don't say anything. Then you're not defending the truth. Okay? So we must defend the truth. We cannot not defend the truth. Now you really think about Christ's life. Throughout when the people accuse him, throughout when the people teach false doctrines, what did he do? He kept defending and correcting them. Is it wrong for a church and for a Christian to expose false teachings? It is not. It is our king bear, the, bear forth the truth. We must bear forth the truth. Understand? We are not unloving. We are being faithful what? Vincent, faithful what? Faithful what kind of thing? Verse 36. Faithful servants of this king. Faithful servants of this king. If we don't expose falsehood, we are not faithful servants. We are not bearing witness onto the truth. Okay? So now, Christ tells him, I am such a king. I come and bring the truth to this world. Okay? Let's see what, what Pilate's response is. Now, furthermore, he says this, verse 37. He said, I bring witness unto the truth. Now, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Ah, now he makes a very strong statement to Pilate. Alright, so like, like I say to Elim. Elim, I come to tell the truth. Elim, anyone who is obedient to the truth, who wants the truth, obedient to the truth, will hear me. What am I trying to tell you? What am I trying to tell you? Can't understand. Don't get it. Okay, I'm teacher. I'm the teacher. I say, Elim, I'm the teacher and I'm going to give homework. Anyone who is a student must do homework. What am I trying to tell you? I got homework for you and you must do homework. Right? <laughs> okay, Elim is very cold. Shall we turn off the aircon? I'm a bit cold also. Can I turn off the aircon? Is it alright? Now, so when Christ said, I'm the kind, what kind of king I am? You ask me, are you a king? I say, I'm a king. I bring, I'm a king who comes from a distant country. I bring spiritual truth. I bear the truth. And then he add this statement. Anyone, everyone that is of the truth, hear my voice. Now he's trying to tell Pilate what? Pilate, will you listen to me? You ask me, right? Now, if you're of the truth, Pilate, you will listen to me. You will listen to me. But sadly, what was Pilate's answer? Let's look at verse 38. Let's read together. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto all them, I find in him no fault at all. Did Pilate want to know more of the truth? Jennifer, did Pilate want to know the truth? No, Pilate said, what is the truth? He asked, what is the truth? Didn't he want to know the truth? Why do you say he didn't want to know the truth? <laughs> yeah. After he asked it, he walked away. After he asked it, he just walked away. Right. What is the truth? It's, it's a mocking statement. He said, I'm the king who brings the truth. Anyone who is of the truth will hear my voice. He's trying to tell Christ, but it's the truth and walk away means I'm not really very interested in your kind of truth. Hmm? And I will ask in a mocking way, what is truth? Truth is relative. 
I'm not interested in your truth. All right? I have my idea of truth. Isn't it the same when we preach the gospel very often? Hmm? What is the truth? Now, so Pilate asked, what is the truth? Um, look at verse question number three. What did Jesus come to earth for? Oh, you've answered that. Now, was, was he interested? Question number three, no, he wasn't because he walked away. He asked a question and he walked away. What should we be careful of then? Clara, what should we be very careful from this lesson? Not to? Not to deny the truth. Um, yes, but think of the behavior. Christ said, I have the truth. Anyone who is of the truth will hear my voice. What's the reminder? We must. Yes, you must hear. You must be willing to obey. Hear. hear. It begins, you must be willing to hear His truth. Are you interested in God's truth? You know, Pilate was so close. Can you imagine you standing in God's presence? How many people get to stand and talk to God? This is God. Very patiently telling Pilate. You know how famous Pilate is? How famous is Pilate? Not Pilates, huh? Pilate. <laughs> Pilate. How famous is Pilate? Pilate, very sad. You know the, the Apostles' Creed? You know the Apostles' Creed? Crucified by Pilate. Can you imagine your name uh, forever said by men as a creed in, in, in all, in all earthly time when people always say, can you imagine Vincent? Vincent crucified Jesus. Then in Christendom, forever always people say, when they recite the Apostle Creed, Vincent crucified Jesus. Huh? You see, Pilate, his name forever there. He was so close to entering God's kingdom. Understand? Face to face talking to God. And God said, I bear witness to the truth. Anyone who of the truth will hear my voice. Why don't you hear my voice? Why don't you hear my voice? I hope all of you are genuinely saved. Veronica, do you really, really, really want to believe in Jesus? Yes? Now, Pilate asked, but not sincere. Not very interested. Okay, he just said, oh, what is the truth? And he walked away. I hope none of us are like that. Make sure that we really ask Jesus to save us, be our saviour. Now the other thing is, many Christians themselves are not interested in truth. That's why they don't come to Bible study. What's so empty here? Is the church so small? Sunday is a lot of people, right? 200 people. How come Bible study only a fraction here? Because very often, we can, even Christians can behave like Pilate. What is the truth? I just come to Sunday enough already. Why must come to other times when Christ said, I have the truth. I will give you God's, I will, uh, God's truth will be taught in church. Very few are interested. Okay, so I'm glad you are here. And uh, we will keep coming. We must keep coming. Don't be like Pilate. Not interested after some time. Now further, um, so what should we be careful of? Be very careful of this interest in God's truth. Hmm? Now the question is this. What was he interested in? Let's see. Eh? 
So what was he interested in? Let's read verse 39. Read together. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you. A Will you therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then cried they all again, saying, No, not this man, but Barabbas now. Barabbas was a robber. And read. Okay. Now let's read verse 19, chapter 19, verse 1 again. Also. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. Okay, now he scourged him. And can you read verse 4? Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault in this man. And then verse 5, he said, Behold the man. Right? So from here, what was Pilate interested in? Pilate just said, Christ said, I can offer you the truth. Then Pilate said, what is truth? Then he walked away. Then he asked the people, Now, it's, not, it's a custom that at this time, I will release one of the Jews, one of your people to you, a prisoner. Shall I release Jesus to you? And then they say, no, we are not interested. We want Barabbas. Then after that, he took Jesus and beat Jesus. Now this beating is very severe. Huh? Scourge. And then he bring him up again. All beaten. Now this beating is in Jesus' back, the scourging. Remember when I preached the scourging, they, they, the, the whip will actually tear the flesh, expose the bones and everything. It's very terrible. So he beat Jesus to that state and then bring Jesus out. Okay? I beat him. Um, look. Behold the man. Look at him. Enough? So why do you think why did you think Pilate behaved like this? Why? Hmm, I said that. Um, Susan, why? Why do you think he behaved like that? He just what's the truth? Now after that, so he wasn't interested in truth, right? So I asked what is he interested in? Next thing he knew, he said, Shall I release him to you? Then they say no. Then he beat Jesus, then tried to release him to them again. Why did he do things like that? After saying what is truth? What was he interested in? To get things over and done with, make a mockery, um, something like that. Hannah, why do you think so? So, you see, a lot of political things are happening, um, and the Jews will react to it. But what we want to learn is the heart of men. We'll see three groups of people tonight, right? We'll see um, the crowd, we'll see the chief priest, we'll see Pilate, uh, we'll see Christ himself, okay? So we want, and we want to see from Pilate's heart. What, what do you think he's looking... Oh, sorry. What do you think his interest was? Popularity. Popularity. He just wants to please the people. That's all. I'm not interested in truth. They seem to want, want, want to want to torture and want you to suffer. Huh? I'm not really very interested in why. But if they want you tortured, I will torture you. Now, but he is, in a sense, now he, he did not want to kill Jesus, right? He still knew in his heart Jesus is innocent. They were accusing him of wanting to fight Caesar, right? To be king. Then he checked, checked, no, it's not true. That's why he said, the accusation that you make to me, I find no fault. He, he, 
He is no threat to Caesar. I release him to you. Because he knows if he go and kill him, he might get in trouble also, right? He killed an innocent man. So he also don't to do that, right? At this point at least. But they say, what to do? Since they hate him so much, I beat him. Uh. Now, this not, not, he did not beat him with ordinary beating. He beat him with scourging. Scourging is very terrible. It's, scourging is one of the worst beating that you can give someone. And usually, people do not survive the scourging. Understand? Most of the people will die from the scourging itself. Okay? So he thought that, now, if I scourge this man, take him out, they will look at him, okay, lah, enough already, we go home. So he just wants to please them. He's not interested in anything. Okay? So, now know the heart of, um, know the heart of, of him. Oh, but I skipped question number four. Question number four, let's look. Now, they cried for Barabbas. Now, who was Barabbas? Veronica. Look at the Bible. Who was Barabbas? He was a? Wow, very good, a robber. Children pick up these things. He was a robber, right? He was a robber. Now, um, in Luke chapter 23, verse 19, Luke chapter 23, verse 19, it also tells us that he is an insurgent. Okay, he's someone, he's a political, um, uh, a rebellious political person. Okay, a rebeller of, um, against Rome. Okay, so he was not only a robber, he was someone who rebelled against um, the government. Now, do you think, now you understand why, why Pilate is also not very interested in releasing Barabbas, right? See, can you don't take Barabbas? Can you take Jesus or not? He tried to give Jesus a game. Do you understand why? Not simply because he's a robber. In Luke chapter 23, verse 19, we also find that he was a political um, insurgent. Right? So if, Bar if he released someone who is a political rebellion person, will he create more problems in society? He will. Right? So you want to avoid that. You wanted to avoid that. Now, by the way, um, Pilate was in, um, in town at this time, in Jerusalem at this time, because at this time of the year, um, they have the Passover, they have the festival and all that. So normally, he don't stay there. All right? But normally at this time, where the Jewish people will gather, there will be a mass of people. Then usually, um, the governors, they will come to the city where they are supposed to govern, they will live there to make sure everything is fine. Any, any rebellion, any fight, any problems, he will deal with it quickly so that it doesn't get to Caesar. If it gets to Caesar, he's in trouble. Understand? So to make sure no problem with all these people, all these prisoners of war, so to speak. Uh, so he said, make sure no, everyone is fine. In a sense, that's why it's like the Jews come to him at 3 o'clock, better wake up. <laughs> right? Make sure no problem. I don't want Caesar, my boss, to hear any problem. So he actually wants to solve all this. Don't want to release Barabbas. Release Barabbas, why he caused problems again? So he keep trying, take Jesus, take Jesus, he's innocent. Now, who was Barabbas? So that is Barabbas whom the, the Jews chose. Now, you put yourself in the Lord Jesus' shoes. Um, Jennifer, uh, Veronica, do you have friends in school who, who you're very nice to them? Hmm? You're very nice to them, you give them your ice cream, you give them your, your umbrella, you give them things, all right? You're very nice to them. You buy birthday presents for them. 
And then after that, um, they gang up against you. And then there's another person who is a very bad person in school. Then they say, would you choose to be Veronica's friend or would you choose to be that bad person's friend? Now all these people that you're very nice to, they all choose the other person. How would you feel? How would you feel? Happy? You feel very sad and very um, deserted, right? Now Christ came to save these people, you know. And Christ knew what he was going to suffer for these people and he already started suffering for these people. And then, when he come to the crux, Pilate said, choose one of them. Why don't you choose Jesus? Your king. And then they say, no, we want a, um, a robber, a thief, a political insurgent. Can you imagine what Christ goes through? Have you gone through like that? Now, that's why I asked the question. Here, what lesson do I learn when friends desert me? Don't put us, desert me for others because of Christ. Well, how do you feel? Are friendships important? Yeah, friendships are important. But when people desert you because of Christ, because of your belief in Christ, should you feel very sad? No, Christ went through all this for you. You must be very loyal to Him. Understand? You know, some of you, I know you've got good friends. Right? You've got good friends? Elin? You've got good friends? Who's your good friend? Chloe. Okay. <laughs> I know I just put you in trouble. I shouldn't have asked that. Okay. Chloe, you're a good friend. Now, um, now, we have good friends, why? Because they do a lot of things for us. Then I say, well, my good friends suffer for me, care for me. Exam time, stay up and, and, and help me in my revision. They lo- do a lot of things, right? They say, wow, this is really my closest friend on earth. Hmm? Now, what happened if, because of Christianity, your friends say, if you want to be a Christian, then I don't friend you. Hmm? Then you have to choose. How would you choose? Ilim, how would you choose? To be a Christian. Why? Because mommy will cane you if you don't. <laughs> no, because you? Because you what? If people say bad things about your parents, hmm, would you still would you rather choose your parents or choose your friends? Who is your good friend? Who say bad things about your parents? Why? Because they, because you love them. You love them, right? Now, this is why this scene must remind us Christ went through all this for us. Not for himself, you know. So is your friendship more important than the one who went through all this for you that night? Between 3 a.m. to 6 a.m.? No friendship. Not even the closest relative. Um, must demand more loyalty and love than this Saviour. Understand that night? Now, that's why I want to go through this in detail with you because you think of what your Saviour, my Saviour, go through. Now, I have a friend, or rather I, I know of someone, um, another Christian, uh, who says this, 
I know that this teaching that I know that this teaching is true and is correct, but I don't like it. But I say, what do you mean you don't like it? And this person said, because this teaching separates me from my other Christian friends. Because these churches, they do not believe in certain truths that we hold to. And it's very clear, it is in scriptures. Or maybe some of you have charismatic friends, friends in charismatic churches. They're very good friends. They grew up with you. They help you through exam. They, day and night, they're with you. They're very, very nice to you, but they're charismatics. And then now you learn that um, these churches are teaching the wrong, wrong teachings. Now, would you choose the truth, the teachings of the truth, or would you choose your friendship? So this person said, I don't like this truth because although I know it's true, but my friends who took care of me when I was sick, they were the, so kind to me when I was first in the church. I don't want this doctrine. Then they don't understand. When Look at verse 37. Verse 37. To this end I was born, and for this cause came I into this world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. I bear witness unto the truth. Do we choose what Christ bear witness as truth and Christ died for that? Or do we choose friendship? Hmm? So remember for two reasons. I'm a servant. If Christ comes to bear witness for the truth, then I also will bear witness for the truth. And if Christ um, suffered all this for me, then I will be loyal to Him more than anyone else. Okay? So remember, sometimes you come to that point where you have to choose where you have to choose, then you must choose Christ. Hmm? I remember when I preached something like that before, um, someone who used to be in our church sat there and kept shaking the head. Kept shaking the head. Say no, I don't agree. You know? Christian friendships, Christian unity is more important than a truth that may divide the church or divide friendships. Hmm? Okay, so we must, we must not be like Pilate. I'm actually not very interested in the truth. Pilate was only interested in pleasing others and saving himself. Pilate was just want his own comfort, that's all. Hmm? So in this scene, we must learn not to be like Pilate and remember the Lord stood alone. I always imagine probably barefoot, very cold. Um, beaten, spat on, and he said, I come to bear witness for the truth. And I come to die for you. Of course, we must be loyal to him at all costs. It's painful, it's difficult, but that is what we have to go through because the Lord went through that for us. Okay, so now, um, think of what Christ bare that day. Eh? I come to die for you. And then you choose a, you choose a robber. That is what Christ went through. So if your friends leave you for, for the truth, then so be it. Because they chose a robber over him. Okay, we sing out what a friend we have in Jesus. That is what it means. Now, number five. Write, write down what the people did, okay? Now, write down what the people did. I think this will be the last part we do. 
and then we end. Wait, today is that a birthday celebration? Okay. Okay, now I want you to write down. Now think very carefully. Listen first. Look at me. When you do Holy Communion and you think, I always say it's a, in remembrance of Him, and I say let's pray and let's contemplate um, the cross, what Christ's love for us. Now what do you think of? Now here is a scene um, of Christ's suffering. Okay, so you must know. Okay, we read. Oh, we haven't read. Um, Brenda, do you know what they did to Jesus after this? Before they hung him on the cross. Beat him up. Beat him up. What else? Mocked him. What else? Make him do labor. Let's carry his cross to the to what? Hmm? What else? Now, we struggle, right? We struggle. Now, for the next part, I, I want us to have a very clear picture in our mind. Every single thing that our Lord went through. All right? Then we know how much He went through for us. Okay? Otherwise, you don't know. We have a fuzzy idea, but the clearer, then the more you love Him. Understand? Just like I always say, the more you know what your parents suffer for you, you know more details, the more you are grateful and you love them in return. Okay, so we must know. Okay, now let us see. So we know chapter 19, verse 1. First of all, Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. So in your mind, Pilate took the Lord Jesus, probably took off his clothes, and he scourged him. Okay, so I was told that some children cannot take gory details. Now, scourging, okay, if you don't, you don't listen yet, all right? When you grow up, you listen. The Romans have this, this way of torturing people. They are leather whips at the end, weighed with metal, metal, metal balls or sharp metal parts. And then it's embedded, the whips are also embedded, multiple, multiple strands are embedded with um, bones, animal bones and all that, because bones are very sharp, very hard. The metal parts are to make sure that when they whip, there is enough momentum to sink. Because when you hit, there's enough momentum because it's heavy at the end, right? It will sink into the flesh. You need to sink into the flesh so that when they pull back, they will tear the flesh. That's why it goes very deep. It will expose the internal organs. Now, this is scourging. Huh? So you, you don't read verse 1, and Pilate scourged, scourged him. And then you move on. This is what the Lord suffered in pain. You go through a lot of pain for the Lord. Not enough sleep. The Lord went through a lot more. Maybe we should have sung, I gave my life for thee, what hast thou given for me? Hmm? Um, yeah, you study, or you're on Sunday, you're very tired, I go and serve the Lord, you know that, I am so tired. The Lord went through a lot more for us. Okay? Are you tired when you go to nursing home, Elim and Chloe? No? You are. So will you still go when you know, Wow, the Lord Jesus suffers so much for me. My suffering cannot compare to him. Will you go? Then you go, right? Okay? Now, so he scourged him. So please remember, uh, everything else that you read from here on, the Lord's back is all torn up already. Don't think that the Lord, after that, will put on his clothes quite comfortable, then walk around. You know, sometimes we get a cut on our hand or on our leg. 
Then the whole day like, pain ah, pain ah, don't, wow, everything cut ah, very painful ah, you know. I, 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 cannot, I cannot wash plate because my hand got cut. Right? The whole day is about, here is the Lord in. Now, nothing has started yet, no, just this alone. It starts with his body torn up. Okay? Then what else after that? So you write, scourging. Then after that, I ask you, what does all this mean? Verse 2, let's read together. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it in his head. And they put him a purple rope. Now, next thing, they made a crown of thorns. Crown of thorns, well, at the time, the, the trees around there, they have this thorny, uh, very, now these thorns are very long thorns. Alright, the thorns are very long and sharp. Now, why don't just make anything? Why crown of thorns? Because they intend to shove it into his skull. Alright, so um, it will penetrate the flesh of his, of his head and it will go into his skull. Okay, um, so that's the next thing they do to uh, further the torture. Now, why did they give him a crown of thorns? Let's read that. Uh, and they put on purple robe, verse, verse 3, and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Okay, put on purple robe. Put on purple robe, and the crown means what? They make him look like a king. Right? Make him look like a king. Crown. The kings wear purple colour robes. Right? I don't know where they get this robe. Maybe they borrowed Pilate's robe or what. I don't know. But they did that and they smote him. So after that, they, okay, so they do all those things and then they beat him with their hands. They beat him with their hands. So next. Um, okay. Actually, in um, the other parts of Scripture, you will find that they also mock him. Okay, they also mocked him. For example, um, if you turn to uh, Luke, for example, let's turn to Luke. Or Mark, sorry, turn to Mark. Okay, turn to Mark. Um, let's, shall we read from verses 15 to verse 19. 15 to 19, let's read together. Ah, sorry, chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, verse 15 to 19, reading. And so Pilate, willing to contend the people, released Barabbas unto them. And they delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium. And they called together the whole band. And they clothed him with purple and plaited a crown of thorns and put it upon his head. And began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him in the head with a reed. And they spit upon him and bowing their knees, worshipped him. Alright, so now this, now this how they mock him. So they not only beat him, they mock him. But before that, they call a whole group of their soldiers. Oh, hey, hey, oh, come, 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 come. Have you experienced that in school? I hope not. Where the bullies say, come, 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 stand in the middle. Then they call a lot of people in school. Hey, hey the whole school turn up. And then they disturb you, mock you, make fun of you. This is what they did. They call more people. And they spit at him also. 
so now this is the scene before he even went to the cross, all right? Um, uh, uh, Brenda, so before he even went to the cross, this was the scene. Um, and they bow to him, they make fun of him. Now, if we write this down, or if we wrote this down, what are the things? First, scourging. Then, what's next? Uh, Ignatius. And? Let the ground of thorns, yes, and? Put on the rope to make fun of him, right? Smote him, what else we read in Mark? They spit on him also. Right, they spit on him and they take things to hit his head. Hmm? Take the thing and hit his head. Take the and hit his head and all that. And then they. So, what did he suffer? He suffered physical pain. Huh? You suffer a little bit of not enough sleep and pain for the Lord, don't complain. Hmm? He suffered far more. He suffered what? What's the mockery? Suffered mockery, humiliation. Right? Humiliation. Suffer a little bit of humiliation for Christ. Don't complain. Your friends laugh at you. You're from Christian school, right? So I don't pick Christian school again. Now you don't attend a Christian school, then they'll mock at you. Do they mock at you in, in your school? Brenda, you believe in God. No, you, you're too fierce for them. <laughs> no one that will mock Brenda. Now sometimes they mock at you. In fact, you know, um, a boy, he used to come and, and then he started being, the mother was saying he started being mocked at by the friends. Well, maybe he's not safe, so he don't understand yet. And now he doesn't want to come because his friends make fun of him. You believe in God, you know, you're superstitious. These things don't exist. And slowly, slowly, he said, I don't have friends in church, um, but these are my friends. Um, I'd rather have friends than to be laughed at. So he stopped coming. Now, thankfully, the mother is still coming. Uh, it's difficult. So young ones, remember, you're from Christian school, you don't get that. But if you're not from Christian school, you might get that. So would you still choose Christ? He suffered mockery and humiliation far worse than what you and I face. Little bit only okay, for him. Um, now maybe you come from unbelieving families. Unbelieving families might make it very difficult for you also. It's very painful, right? The most painful thing is not your friends, not your friends making it difficult for you is when your own family make it difficult, right? That's the most painful, most difficult thing. Um, I've, I've known of Christians who, after they become Christians, um, the parents beat them in public. And these are 21-year-old children, adults already. Beat them in public, uh, mock them. Then when they go for Chinese New Year and all that, and in front of their relatives, the parents will mock them. Um, so it's very painful. Uh, or some, some parents say, now, if you believe in Jesus, I commit suicide. Hmm? Then the parents always cry, cry, cry at home. It's very painful, right? The most painful is to see your parents cry, correct? You see them cry and they say, can you don't be a Christian? And then they cry and plead with you. Hmm? So it's very painful, very difficult. But Christ also went through great, deep sorrow in his heart for us, to save us. So should you deny him? No, that's why I chose the hymn just now. I'm, I will be true. I must be true to the Saviour. Right? He was so true to me. Now, everything that's going on here, he did not do it because he sinned. Huh? Neither was it because for anything else. It was so that we can be saved, accomplish his Father's will. So, these are some of the things we wrote down. So, physical pain, 
humiliation, um, mockery, all these things, and desertion. Desertion. The disciples, Peter, the one, his um, close disciple, deserted him, right? Denied him. Uh, in fact, when he denied him, Christ could hear. Christ knew, of course, and Christ looked at Peter. Christ looked at Peter, and Peter wept, right? And then you have the people that you come and die for, they say, do we rather choose a thief than you? How painful, right? Hmm. Now, so, young ones, you will never choose a friend over your parents, right? Will you choose a friend over your parents? No, right? You love your parents more. So all the more, you must love Jesus even more. Never choose friends over Jesus. Even relatives, sometimes very difficult. Let me ask you, if you deny Christ, so your mom or your dad or your auntie say, don't believe in Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, then they cry and all that. Now, then your heart feels very, very painful, you say, okay, la, then I don't believe. We've known that. You know, some people come from China, um, they really, they, they are very interested in the truth, they want to believe in the truth. Then their parents come over, then the parents say, hey, we, are, we are Buddhists. You don't believe. And make it very difficult, and then they feel so, sor- so sorrowful, say, okay, la, then I don't believe. Hmm? Now, um, what is the problem with that? Let me ask you. Vincent, what's the problem with that? If you choose not to believe, when your unbelieving loved ones plead with you not to believe. Okay, number one, you're not suffering for Christ. But there is also implication, other implications. What do you think it might be? Okay, it might mean you're not safe. True. But, but have you ever thought, uh, if you just say, okay, then I don't believe, then there's no safe people in the family. No one knows the truth. Don't you know that actually, when you're saved, you are a great bearer of the truth in your home. And if you turn away from Christ, then the chance of your family turning to Christ is even smaller, right? Humanly speaking. God save you so that you will be that witness at home. So please be a witness at home. Same for charismatic friends, right? Sometimes we say, Aya, can you don't teach this sort of thing because my charismatic friends don't like it. And then you continue in falsehood. Is it good for your friends? Actually, it's not. Because then your friends will never come to know the truth. Right? Right? So, um, be a bearer of the truth. Because our king is a bearer of the truth. Now, so, please do not deny Christ. No matter what. Many of you are young, and that's why I'm worried. And you must pray that God preserve you. Because maybe you're young, you think, yes, I will follow Jesus. Yes, I will, I will not deny Him. Now, this momentary emotion, but when the crunch comes, when the temptation comes, when the pressure comes, when the humiliation comes, when the difficulty comes, will you say, ah, I don't want to fight already. I don't want to bear the tr- witness for the truth already. I just give in. Whatever you want me to believe, I believe. Whatever you mean to do, I do. Because I don't want to see my mom, my dad cry. Because I don't want to see my friends leave me. You must never succumb to that. Every time think, Christ himself bore much for us. Right? Then we be loyal. 
Be loyal to Christ, always. When you are, you will be able to help your friends and your family. Hmm? Okay? Um, but know what the Savior went through, never deny Him. Okay, I think we'll do up to this point, then we'll continue the rest in the next round. Okay, let's close in prayer.